Tune into the Kate Daly Show. Once you're awake, it's hard to go back to sheep. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Yeah, a friend asked me if I wanted to go fishing, you know, which is weird. You know, a, a guy would feel comfortable asking another guy to go fishing. But a guy would never feel comfortable asking another guy to do the same exact thing, but leave out the fishing part. Hey, Charlie, I was thinking this weekend I could swing by real early, pick you up, take you out to this lake I know about. It's beautiful out there. To watch the sun come up. The way that glistens off the lake in the early morn. Something I wouldn't want you to miss. And I figured we could just spend the day sitting real close together on a boat. <laughs> you up to doing something like that with me? <laughs> Can we try to kill something? Uh, how many of you guys just laughed during that? I love, I love it. it. Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. Yeah, the show's unpredictable. We talk about all kinds of stuff. And uh, Fridays are fun because we just talk about, we get into some stuff that I, it's so funny to me. You know, I always think we've covered it all. And then, and then we'll do another topic and I'll go, man, we haven't done that one before. And it's so fun to me. Uh, thank you to Heather Callahan from The Natural Blaze. And, uh, there's some really cool articles on there you're going to want to check out. Very cool. Investigator Dave, hello. And, uh, hello. Hi there. And uh, I never got yeah. a chance to ask her mm-hmm. because I, I, there's an article in our local paper today mm-hmm. about IQ uh-huh. yeah. scores. This was actually all over the place. Yeah, it's all yeah. over the place. And it, uh, IQ it scores, apparently in the United States and the West, have been going up and up and up mm-hmm. since 1975. Right. And in 1975, now they're and going down. Now they're in decline. Down and down and down. Mm. <laughs> what happened? Gee, you I wonder know? if it's our, our phones. I wonder if it's video games in our phones. I remember one time... It was when I very first started the show and a a caller called in and was defending video games. And I remember laughing the whole way through this segment because he really was serious. He he was a young kid and he just said, well, I'm here to tell you that that I can learn about the real world by by playing these uh-huh. shoot 'em up video games in my basement and I am learning how to be quick on a trigger and I'm learning how to look around corners and calculate when my enemy's coming and I could not stop <laughs> laughing. I mean it was just the funniest thing to me. And our poor youth are they really are getting dumbed down. Look at the changes in language. Look at the changes of, of mm-hmm. what words we introduce and everything is down to a syllable. It's like cavemen. We're down to a syllable to describe something. And I always think that's kind of funny because the, 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 they take the words and, and it, it just is one little tiny syllable. And I don't even know what they're saying. It's like they're speaking a different language, but they all seem to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is like, yeah. Anyway, hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. I'll make the argument for education. Okay. Lack of it. All right. Because uh, a newborn babe may be an Einstein, but they can't do an IQ test. Yeah. It's what you learn that, you know, gets those synapses in your brain working. And mm-hmm. We've been teaching our kids nothing for decades. Yeah. Well, yeah. Propaganda. It's, it's yeah, it's prop. It's not about how to critically think or really get that brain moving. So it's about, it's about how to, how to teach them to just sort of. Do you ever notice that? Do you ever. When not you, think. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the first time I read Shakespeare mm-hmm. or even listened to it or read Oregon or some of these right. philosophers, St. Augustine. And it makes it makes your brain expand. It makes you think, mm-hmm. you know, you have to come in with ideas and follow them through. And it's it's just amazing. It's not like watching a GCI on a movie. Right, right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Uh, You know, your earlier one for bubonic plague and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. I I was thinking about it. You know, we kind of are going backwards in our medical and everything in some spots because I took my daughter to the emergency room one day and big dash in her leg and they're sewing it up and they dropped the gauze on the floor. In, in a package, but it was open. Mm-hmm. And I, as they picked it up, I said, you're not putting that on my daughter's leg. Right. And so finally the doctor came in because she still wasn't going to throw it away. Mm-hmm. He came in and he behind him is this huge green garbage can, right? Mm-hmm. He turns around, opens it up, and throws it in. Then he places her bandages and everything on that garbage can. I remember when they used to come in with a stainless steel tray yeah. with your bandages and gauze. Yeah. What? Interesting. I said, I said, and I was like, you're not going to put that on her life, are you? <laughs> so the, uh... people are coming out of these places with MRSA. Oh, my, oh my gosh. God. Yes, I appreciate that. Thank you <laughs> so much. Well, yeah. wait a minute. Does uh, the five-second yeah. rule apply? Yeah, I guess not. Well, maybe it shouldn't in those cases. My gosh, an open wound. <laughs> Yeah, but there is a there is a dumbing down. There really, truly is, and now we've got proof. The IQ points are down. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so mass, important for us parents to even, kick it into even gear. Even more, the mass introduction of fluoride. Mm, yes, yeah, yes, yes. I mean, yes, they yes. started it years earlier, but yeah. they really started expanding it around. More has then. come out on that just lately. Even I've been reading some articles on that just lately this week, and and it's been interesting to see after all this time the effects. Mm-hmm. They're finally able to sort of narrow down some of the effects and, yeah. and they're not good. They're definitely not good. Not good, yeah. but it worries me. Across the country. So. worries me. It does. It's, it's not, mm-hmm. The future of humanity d- depends on thinking <laughs> wise, intelligent people. Mm-hmm. And the more that they're dumbed down, uh, this, you know, yeah, I know, what can I say? The future doesn't look good unless, you know, you can... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just grateful that uh, who we're where we are, but my gosh. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, yeah. I read that too, and I thought, hmm, <laughs> we have a problem. Uh, because after World War II, the, the, the rates were rising. Right. Yeah. And uh, yep. And since the 70s, they've gone down. So what does that tell us? We're becoming um, a soft, wishy-washy society that everybody complains mm-hmm. and uh, everybody wants whatever they want and at the expense of other people. Yeah. And there's no real challenges for a lot of us. Now, some of us, there are, mm-hmm. but there's no real challenge. I, you, Kate, when I turned 11... Actually, I was 11 and a half. I talked my way into delivering the Arizona Republic mm-hmm. in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Now, in order to deliver the Arizona Republic, you have to get down to the station about 5, 5.15 in the morning and take all your newspapers and fold them up, put rubber bands on them, mm-hmm. and then stick them in your big bags, like bicycle bags, you know, and newspaper bags, and then take them around, pedal around, and deliver them all by about seven in the morning. Okay. <clears throat> have to get them out. I did that for four years. Hmm. For four years, seven days a week, mm-hmm. 20, no, no breaks. Four okay. years. I don't care if I was sick or anything else. For four years, I got up at 4.45 every morning, got down to the station, folded those bags, 
and delivered those newspapers. Uh, hey, I hear you. Uh, Our family uh, took uh, paper routes when we had a job uh, yeah. loss once, so uh, I get it. Yeah. It, it's a, you, you can't call in sick. No, it's monotonous. You can't monotonous. call somebody else mm-hmm. to take your place. You do it. Because mm-hmm. you're expected what to did do that it. Teach you? What did that teach you? It taught me responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it taught me things about myself that I can do that I never thought I could do. And a lot of people today, I don't know if they could do that. And yeah. I'm not saying I'm not bragging about that. I'm just saying it was something we did back in the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, late 50s, mid 50s. Yeah. Resilience 60s. is a, is a big deal. Resilience is um, teaching that is hard to do, I think, for the parents. And I'm I'm mostly talking to parents because that's something that I think uh, dads are great at teaching. I think mm-hmm. that uh, that there's so many things that dads are so necessary for. You know, it's Father's Day this weekend, and 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 fathers have such a role in each family to to be able to. There's certain things that I think men teach better than women, and I think uh, resilience is one of them. And, um, and and really, it's a it's resilience and responsibility sort of intertwined, mm-hmm. right? And and how to do hard things. That you can do hard things you even when you're do, 14 or 11 or whatever the age. I agree with you 100%. The human body and human mind is mm-hmm. capable of things that we only, you can't even dream of. Right. But if you put it to the test, you'd be surprised what we can do, what we really can do. Instead of being naysayers, I can't do this, I can't do mm-hmm. that. You know, give it a try. Or, or I think parents today not wanting to see their kids go through anything, so we shelter them. Uh, yeah, we, that's a good point. We yeah. shelter and bubbleize them and wrap them in wrap and and I mean to the point where uh, they don't get dirty anymore. They don't uh, they don't play. Even the playgrounds have become mushy. I mean, there's nothing even daredevilly to do. I mean, yeah. I I remember playgrounds being playgrounds. You broke arms when you fell off of a playground. Yeah. Now it's 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 everything so low to the ground and it's just so soft and padded and. and, and Where's the where's the stuff that's challenging for these kids? You can't you know? play in some schools. You can't play mm-hmm. dodgeball. Mm-hmm. No more of that. Yep, yep. No more tag because you got to run. Oh no, yeah, you, that's yeah, this is it's crazy. Can't do that anymore. Yeah, I agree. And, and then and, we expect you to go out and conquer the world. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Yep, and we have more homes where. Um, where the fathers aren't there or, or where, uh, we just have, we have things that are systematic and and changing at a core level from the family unit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my, if you've listened to my show for a while, you know, that one of the things that I'm, I'm very passionate about is, is the role of men and the role of fathers and husbands and, and men in general and boys, and that boys need to be boys and men need to be men and that women need to appreciate and respect those roles. And. And, um, and there's not enough people out there, I think, talking in those terms. All they talk about is woman power. They don't talk about the other side of this. And we have a whole half of the sexes here that uh, that, that need to be appreciated for what they bring to the table. And, of course, uh, you guys are great. You're out there working hard. You're doing these things. A lot of these things are learned by example. The kids see the fathers doing these things. They see mm-hmm. them going to work. They see them working hard and being resilient and, and carrying through and learning how to do hard things and being responsible. And... And uh, we just have such a need for parents to get back to parenting. And I think the parents, the greatest generation and the next generation after them, were actually great at parenting. 
because they got it. They understood that that these kids needed certain to be taught certain things. And uh, something shifted in the 70s and 80s. It shifted into over-parenting, helicopter parenting, and us trying to deliver every single solitary wish and want and making sure that these kids were never, ever going through anything difficult. And and just, you know, my Johnny will get that trophy kind of mentality. But I, I think that evermore that, that, that the grandparents and that generation right after need to be more involved in our kids' lives to help teach this and maybe help get the parents back you know, on track. I, I don't know. I think one of the reasons for that is something called prosperity. Ah, prosperity. It can be a very dangerous thing, very, too, because of what dangerous. it what it, the, yeah, it, it, what it teaches on the other it side. It eliminates struggle, mm, especially yes, in yes. the rising generation. Yeah. You may have struggled to become prosperous, mm-hmm. but you, like you say, you helicopter, you protect your children, the next generation. I'm prosperous. I don't want them to go through what I went through something terrible, you need the parents say. And, they, you know, that's hard mm-hmm. and hard. I don't want them to have to do it. Yeah. I don't want to throw them in a pool to, to teach them to swim. <laughs> yes. And and let me say this, too, because I think this is really important. What's come out this week, the IG report and all this stuff we've been talking about all week long in politics. None of that stuff's going to directly affect my life today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like the injustice. It makes me sick. I, I, I want to vomit when I hear about all these people getting away with all these things and, and politics in general in the swamp. But we, I think, as a people really need to take the opportunity to strengthen ourselves and to um, make sure that we, from a fundamental standpoint, are gaining in character, we're gaining in responsibility, we're gaining in all of those attributes that we talk about, yet yet, how do you teach that? How do you gain it? How do you increase it? Because it's going to come to the individual. It's going to come to the individual to 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 shore this nation up because we're not going to be able to get rid of that swamp, I don't think. And we're not going to be able to cure ourselves of Washington, D.C. You know, let that mess infest itself. But the people in America need to rise a little more. We'll be right back on The Kate Daly Show. songs uh actually gets me a little emotional when i hear that song <clears throat> i loved her version <coughs> sorry her version of it abby anderson um she actually wrote that as a senior in high school wow yeah that version and um she was supposed to just write a song that for for the fellow her fellow high school students and they thought she was going to do a pop song and she came out with this and she sang this, and I commend her for that. It took a lot to do that because uh, they weren't expecting um, such a, a patriotic song. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, the kids today, uh, there's some that are just just really awesome. But the, the reason I wanted to, uh, the reason we're bringing this up too is a couple of things have been on my mind lately. And, and how do we help this nation the most? Because 
as much as you can talk about all the stuff going on, and we were actually going to talk about immigration today, but I think we're going to save it for Monday. Um, because the battle goes on, doesn't it? I mean, my gosh, how many times have we talked to immigration on the show? And we aren't going to be a better nation until we can be a better people, until we can sort of rise above this political correctness crapola, until we can um, finally get back to freedom. And I think about the gentlemen that secured this path for us and what they had to give up, these husbands and fathers that went to battle for this and then had to had to give this up and had to give up their lives and had to had to walk away from their families and farms to to fight for this what did it take for them to do that what was instilled in them where they said we're a small group not everyone's going to join us but we're going to fight for everybody and we're going to make sure that this dream comes true that we're able to to be the first in this exercise of liberty um that, that was no small task. And I think sometimes we sort of glide over it as if, well, of course we would choose to do that. Well, not necessarily look around. Not necessarily mm-hmm. everybody would choose to leave their homes right now and their families and their jobs and their cushy iPhones and their cushy whatever to do that sort of thing because it's hard. And I think sometimes we don't give credit to what's difficult for somebody to do, what's hard. And uh, I, I give them a lot of thought because... When you're, when you're talking about turning a country around, you have to strengthen the individual people that would be the kind of people that would do that. We need more of that in our society. What is it that inspires men to do good? Ah, I have a What's little, down yeah. inside of them? I have a little story for you. Go ahead. Actually, okay. This is courtesy of Matt Walsh. And uh, back in 2008, Tom, he was a devout Christian and Vietnam veteran, was working on his farm with the youngest of his seven sons. He had seven Mm -hmm. boys. And his youngest had Down syndrome. He was about 20 years old. And all of Tom's other sons had moved away, but they still had him at home. And they called him Josie. Uh, His his name uh, was Joseph, but they called him Josie. And these two were inseparable, father and son. And they did everything together. And one afternoon, he, the, 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 the kid was walking across the yard. Josie was walking across the yard, and he stepped on the cover of a septic tank. And the cover broke, and he fell in. Ooh. And the tank was about eight feet deep and a few feet wide, and it was completely filled with sewage. And so Tom immediately rushed over and tried to pull the, the panicking son, of course, out of the hole. And Josie was too heavy and his hands were slippery, and his wife called 911, but he knew that they weren't going to get there very quickly. And so he decided to take this very drastic action. He jumped into that dark, filthy, sewage-clogged tank with his son. And at some point, he must have realized that he couldn't hold on to his son, and, and, and he wasn't going to be able to lift his son out. And so the two of them would have to wait there, treading through the sludge until help arrived, but that could take minutes or longer. And he knew that, that Josie could suffocate, probably drown in the meantime. So Tom did this. He submerged himself into the sewage, pushed his son up from below, and then using his whole body, kept his son's head above the fluid until the rescue workers arrived and he died. <laughs> Josie survived. So... What Matt Walsh brought up about this was so interesting to me. I wanted to share this. You can't just downplay Tom's heroism by chalking it up to parental instinct. Because with 60 million abortions out there, parental instinct doesn't always kick in. 
Okay. And we know that we have proof of that. Not every parent would give up their life for their child. And, and, and some demand exactly the reverse sacrifice, right? This wasn't instinct. It wasn't an impulse. It was a choice. And Tom chose his life, his son's life over his own. And as fathers, you know, most of us will never, you know, you'll never be faced with a situation so dramatic as this one. But if you were given the chance every day in small ways to choose yourselves over your families, would you? And we all want to think of ourselves as the, as the hero, as Tom was. Um, but we like to imagine ourselves as sort, the sort of men that would jump into the tank and embrace this agonizing, horrific death for the sake of our wives and children. But it takes practice to be that sort of man. He didn't just get there that day. That was a whole lifelong learning of how to be the kind of person that would jump in that tank and not think twice about it. It takes conditioning. It takes love. Not the emotion of love, but just not just the affection, but, but the constant purposeful, sometimes painful, often inconvenient choice of love, the act of love. And so he, he was at, if he was acting according to impulse, then it was an impulse actively developed through years of loving service to his family. Um, but it was the choice and it came from making small sacrifices all along the way to be conditioned into making that ultimate sacrifice. Right. And so even if there's no drowning son to save, um, there are ways to be selfless, to teach our kids this, to, to be that person. And, and we all have to, to crank up the notch a bit. And, and realize that kind of conditioning has to kick in for all of us and our kids because we can't be a nation of Americans. Whatever the government does in our name, they do in our name. I can't control it. I can't stop it. But we can control who we are, and it has to come from the inside out. And so are we developing, are we actively developing character all the time? It's such a great I, question. I don't I, know. I think we're, we are character. We have to bring it out. I think there's a spark of godhood in mankind. There's something besides just wanting a boat or wanting <laughs> mm-hmm. a car or something that causes men right. to get up in the morning, drive through traffic or wherever it is, plant a field, work in an office, uh, you know, go through everything that they do. Uh, there's something that causes you to just drive on and on. Yeah. To build things, to make things, to do things, to make the world a little better place. And it's, I don't, I can't, the only thing I can think of is it's, it's it just, a, there's a spark inside of them. Yeah. And it, yes, it, you know, it can be trained mm-hmm. and developed, but it's there. Right. And um, it comes out in the most remarkable places and times. Yeah. You know, yeah, as long as what, it's what, there, as long what, as somebody possesses yeah, that a little makes, bit, what right? What makes you go beyond yourself for mm-hmm. something else? I thought about that because I used to study the Alamo a lot, mm-hmm. right? What makes those guys sit there surrounded by thousands of enemies, no one's going to die, and then putting their lives on the line for a cause? Right. Hmm. I don't know. You know, if they're just, if men are animals... Right. And some people say they are just animals. They would never do that. No. In fact, Aristotle said this. Excellence is an art won by training and habituation. We do not act rightly because we have virtue or excellence, but we rather have those because we've acted rightly. Yeah. Right. We are what we repeatedly do. 
excellence then is not an act, but a habit. That's true. That is true. But it's difficult. That's a well, difficult thing to teach somebody. How do you teach that? How do you, how do you, qui- what may even makes them want to learn it mm-hmm. because that spark of Godhood, I believe. Yeah. They know that I can be better. Right. I can do something. So teach me. Because with, with trying times, those that went through the depression or, or you've gone through something that really tested your mettle tested who you were, put Mm -hmm. through you into the act of sacrificing for your family or sacrificing this or sacrificing that. Many parents went to bed hungry so they could feed their kids during that time. And without an era of trial, which we really haven't been through, what we're up against is the inundation of a cultural change amongst us, but we have not been through the hardship of trial. So how do you how do you teach that if you're, if you're, sometimes those circumstances set themselves up to make those right choices. But what happens when you don't have that? Can you still do it? Can you still set up experiences? Can you still set up the, the paradigm in which somebody can learn to, to, for that to become a habit? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think about that. I think the world is filled with great men. Of course, mm-hmm. there's some evil men. Yeah. But there's, but there's great men. There's more great men than evil men. Oh yes. I remember my, my father left a job because they were unethical. That's hard to do. Leave a Mm -hmm. job. I mean, you know, that put our family into a, into a crazy time for a while, but I learned a lot from watching him do that. And then I was able to do it in my life because I watched him. Mm -hmm. So this is the importance of fathers. You know, I learned that, yes, you can leave something. You can fight for something if it's not ethical to you. If if something's going on, you can have the courage to do that. And you should. Right. You should. And I'm not I'm not sure had I not seen him do that. Would I have would I have even thought that that was the option? Would I just would have put up with it? Do you know what I mean? Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. My dad taught me how to play golf. Nice. He said you can learn a lot about people on a golf course. Oh, that isn't is that the true. truth? <laughs> that is, my, my husband golfs, and so he'll tell you that too. You can learn a lot about people, who the cheaters in life are. <laughs> it's true. And people are watching you at the same time. Yes, yes, I totally yeah. agree with that. Thank you. You're holding uh, that scorecard. Yes, in fact, uh, it would be interesting to hear from all of you on how you learned character how you learned to love this country, what kind of influence your father had on you on those certain things. Because I know respect uh, came from him and, and, you know, he respected my mother and he was respectful uh, to those around him. And, and, and so, you know, and it still is, he's still living. He still is. Uh, he'd laugh if he heard this right now. I'm not doing a eulogy. I'm just, <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm alive. Um, but there were certain things that came from him that I learned that I couldn't have learned in, 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 in I think from somebody else as eloquently as I did my father. What about you? Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. My father was, He'd give his life for his family. Yeah. And it just, I think back on my father, what a man he was. Mm-hmm. And he grew up in hardships. I mean, when he was 12 years old, third grade, what's third grade? That's yeah. nine, mm-hmm. <laughs> nine yeah, sure. or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were just in very dire straits. And they were growing up in, I think it was Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And so he decided to visit his family down in Florida. Now, so he left the house and he hopped freights, freight trains. Wow. 
Yeah. We got this little boy. Oh, my <laughs> you know, gosh. All across the country trying to find his way down to Florida to visit other relatives that might mm-hmm. be, maybe could provide better for him. It's, it's amazing. But he told us, he used to tell us his experiences. Those men on the freight trains, they would protect you and take care of you. Right. He'd, he'd eat that mulligan stew on the side of the side. Of the, you know, like where a hobo? Throw, throw every, he was. He was really? a hobo. He'd throw oh everything in there. And uh, he'd... He remembers once, uh, and then he, he got to doing that. He remembers once they, they pulled into a, because the the, the railroad men, they'd carry these pick handles, mm-hmm. axe handles. Sure. And they'd beat these hobos, you know, off the freight trains. And, and he went into one town too far. Didn't mm-hmm. jump the, didn't jump the box, box car in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, everybody was running. And this railroad guy came up to him, grabbed him by the collar. He was a little bit older. And uh, he had an axe handle in one hand, and he was just waiting to get beat. And the guy looked at him, and he says, you hungry, son? He hmm. says, yeah. And he gave him some moldy bread, and Dad said he just gobbled it down. But it was, <sighs> you know, he grew up in hardships. He knew what it was like, and he tried to provide the best he could for us because mm-hmm. he didn't want us to do that. You know? Right. So... But I'm sure he, I'm sure he taught some lessons along. Oh, yeah. He didn't helicopter you, I'm no, sure, no, or he didn't, or provide you with so much that you couldn't learn, because those are the times when I look back in my life. It's the hard times where I learned more about myself than the easy times. It's really mm-hmm. easy to say you have character in good times, but it's when the rubber hits the road in bad times when you really learn what you're made of. Um, be right back on the Kate Daly Show. I'd love to hear from you. 888-673-1450. What did you see your father do? What did your father teach you that was made lasting impact on your life? Be right back. Balance of nature. Changing the world one life at a time. Not as tired as she used to get. Gives her energy to do things around the house. I really appreciate it. I really like your product. I'm happy with it. You don't have to really think about it anymore. You've got it, and it's in your diet. It's regularity. Let's put it that way. It's very good. Because I don't always eat my vegetables and fruit, so I know I'm better with it. A little more energy and just feeling pretty good overall. Seems to work so far. No complaints. I feel something good. I can't point my finger on, but I feel good in general. So I do have a little bit more energy, you know, do stuff after work, whereas before I didn't really want to do stuff and just wanted to sit around. I think I have a little more energy. I'm older, disabled person, and I don't always eat properly. It's just feeling a little stronger that way. Start your journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping. And don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code KATE. Oh, Conway Twitty song. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Uh, There's a lot of really uh, cool songs, actually. It's hard to choose. Um, Welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. I'd love for you to share some of your experiences. What did your father teach you? 
what did with Father's Day coming up? Um, you know, I know there's a lot of politics we could talk about, but can we just shove that aside for a minute? <laughs> because I, it's just, you know, it'll be there next week. Uh, the immigration problem to you name it, the IG report to everything. Let's talk about what impact men have, because not too many people are talking about that today and they should be because we have to I think we need to get to a place in America where we start really working on ourselves and uh, upping the ante a little bit with character and integrity and, and become better better Americans and how are we going to do that? What, what's it going to take? Uh, hi caller, welcome to the show go right ahead. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well, thank you. I'm calling in about the questions that you asked about what dad's taught us. Please. Um, and can I take three points? Yes. Hold two minutes? Sure. Okay. The first one's not really from my dad, but it's something interesting that we learned um, at a book club. And it kind of goes into what you were talking about the last hour as well. Um, they were talking about the book that Help, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the people that was there was a psychologist who his, her hobby is kind of looking at slavery, the idea of slavery, slaves and slave owners, and what the psychology was. And she said one of the more interesting things is that slave owners, the, one of the most important things that they would do is they would get rid of the father because the mothers would teach a slave, their, their children, mm-hmm. how to stay out of trouble, get along. keep themselves alive, how to be protected. Mm-hmm. However, their fathers, if they saw something injustice going, they would revolt. Mm. And they would teach their kids to resist things and stuff like this. And she uh. said that's one of the biggest things that slave owners would do is get rid of the father. And it would make things so much easier. There were no more slave results. So that's, that's one of the things in, you know, in the last 30 years, so many of us have not been raised by fathers. Maybe we've lost that. And that goes into what you are talking about last, last hour. But uh, the two things my dad taught me, the first one I'd have been maybe eight or ten, and I was throwing a tamper, temper tantrum mm-hmm. and said something mean to my mom. I don't even remember what it was. It was something she had come in, and I was like, get out of my room, blah, 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 whatever it is. My dad came in and picked me up by the scruff of my neck and lifted me up and slapped me against the back wall with one arm, mm-hmm. and, he, and I thought I was going to die. He said, don't you ever speak to your mother like that again. And he put me down and walked out of my room. And, you know, I never did. Yeah. That was yeah. the first important thing. And that's, that's transmitted across to females in general. You just, you do not talk abusively to whatever. That's right. the first thing he taught me. The second one, I had took him, this is a little bit later in his life. Um, I took him out to see Braveheart of all movies. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I thought he would like it. He was a lifer mm-hmm. in the Marines and a military man and gone through all kind of battles. I thought he would like it. And we came out of this movie, and he looked at me, and he said, always remember, some things are more important than life. Wow. And that's all he said. And, of course, with Braveheart, the big thing, him screaming freedom at the end and stuff like that, um, those are two of the big, big things that my dad taught me. And so I'm appreciative of him, and thank you for letting me share my story. You know what? I love it. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. I'll tell you what. Uh, give us a call, 888-673-1450. What, what did your dad teach you that, that really strikes a chord with you and you've never forgotten it and it had a lasting impression because I'm telling you, our fathers and husbands are so important. I'll never forget Mel Bundy, one of the Bundy brothers, being incarcerated for two years. And it was the, the, one of the, the best things I've ever heard is that he said uh, about his children, he said, I'm not doing this because he was standing for liberty. He, had a, he actually was thrown into jail for two years for having a, a flag, an American flag on horseback. 
that's literally there wasn't anything else he did. And he stood at the at the Bundy Ranch and then he was thrown into jail and he said, I'm not, I'm standing. I'm doing this. Not so my kids won't have to. I'm teaching them how to stand, how to stand. Oh. Wow. That had a lasting impact on me, on what his daughters got to see him do and go through for liberty, for fighting for freedom. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hello there. Hi there. Love to get uh, your thoughts. My dad was uh, a musician up in Sun Valley mm-hmm. in the 50s mm-hmm. or with the um, Sun Valley Trio. Okay. One thing that um, I remember about him was him and the other gentlemen in the band went to Trail Creek Cabin, which is a famous cabin above of uh, Sun Valley, and they put together the lyrics and the music for the Hokey Pokey. Oh, wow. So, oh. <laughs> Interesting. That's my, that's my claim to fame. Oh Plus, my, my dad did teach me how to golf. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, too. <laughs> but awesome. I also had a, a stepdad. Mm-hmm. And this was a dad that sent me to military school in ninth grade, okay. kicking and screaming, but at the same time coming away proud that I actually had some discipline. I was in the M1 drill team, mm-hmm. and uh, he set the stage for me to become an entrepreneur, and so he set mm-hmm. a good example on how to follow through in life. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful tribute. Thank you. And stepfathers can have just as much impact as fathers. And I love that you said that. I love that the the impact of both. That's neat. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. I really military schools can have a a tremendous Mm. impact. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's take another caller. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. What kind of impact did your father have on you? Well, uh, probably first and foremost, uh, I grew up in the the segregated South. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, my uh, great-grandfather uh, lived through the Civil War, and uh, it's amazing how, when you reflect on it, uh, it wasn't that long ago, and some of those old attitudes and uh, ideas linger. Uh, racism certainly was uh, pretty prevalent uh, back in those days, but right. uh, he broke he broke that chain. Uh, he always he taught us to treat. Uh, people uh, as individuals regardless of the color of their skin and i'm so thankful it's for wonderful. that wonderful uh, you know others in our family uh, carry that carry that hatred for for years mm-hmm. uh, and uh, i think that's a, a heavy burden i uh, think it's uh, have certainly improved we still have a long way to go but mm-hmm. uh, uh, that uh, along with uh, he he didn't believe in secret organizations Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it, it, it took me a long time to figure that out. But uh, uh, my grandfather, I, I learned later, was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Wow. And uh, I think that um, pertained uh, in a large degree to uh, organizations of yeah. uh, that type. Uh, and, and one of the most important things he taught me was to stand for the flag. It's uh, wonderful. And I'm mm. I'm grateful for those things, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Really appreciate you. Oh, that's wonderful. Hi, caller. Uh, go right ahead. How did your father have an impact on you? 
he had in many ways uh, his honesty was so uh, he was so consistently honest he really showed me how important honesty was in valuing of life but the one that stands out the most and honesty is dependent upon it is justice Uh, he would never cheat anybody or accidentally or otherwise and a couple examples uh, and I'll give you one example he uh, we were out here traveling through the west and the family and he was about 60 miles away from uh, where he just purchased gasoline and he realized that he uh, received too much change and I think it was not maybe under a dollar if I remember oh. correctly 68 cents and he drove all the way back oh my God to, to make it right and, and gave that money back and there are other stories like my, my mom would tell me uh, justice was extraordinarily important to him and it, and it is to me and he, and I, I value that and he, he also showed me the courage it's not only valiant judge justice you have to have the virtue to right. act upon it that value wow. and uh, that, that that was something I, I'll never I still have a very soft spot in my life you know he did 25 years. he did more in that road trip back to that gas station for your family than anything I think he could have done is to show you guys how to how to live their lives that's amazing Wow. And his whole life showed that. That's just one example. But that's how he related to people all his life. The importance of uh, intellectual integrity, honesty, and justice, especially justice. That's wonderful. Wow. Thank you for that. That's really uplifting. My gosh. Wow. 888-673-1450. We'll squeeze you in. Uh, what kind of impact did your father have on you? What what was what was that moment you reflect back back on and you say you know what I learned that lesson from my father and and it had a it had a tremendous impact on how you live your life because I would hope that that after listening to this today that there's there's this drive to be better do better and and want better and in individuals in in ourselves and shoring ourselves up hi caller welcome to the show go right ahead. So a couple of days ago, my sister sent me a picture of a mug. I'm the oldest of four girls. Mm-hmm. I don't have brothers. Okay. My sister sent me a picture of a mug, and it said, Thank you, Dad, for teaching me to be a man, even though I'm your daughter. <laughs> and that actually is kind of funny, but it, in my case, it's actually true. Um, but not, not because I want to be a man or anything, but um, my dad taught me what it meant to be a man. And because of that lesson, I was able to look for those qualities in my husband yeah. and to know what I, what I needed to look for specifically. Um, honesty, integrity, humility, all of those amazing qualities that, that my dad has, I, I was that. able to recognize them in my husband. And I know that my husband will teach those qualities to our kids. I love um, it. And that, I think that more than anything, mm-hmm. my dad has amazing work ethic. He works. That's the other important thing that I also was able to look for my husband, that, that he works so hard to support right. his family. And that's how he, um, how he shows us he cares. Thank and, you. And it, uh, yeah, I love my dad Aww. because he taught me what it meant <laughs> right. to be a man. Thank you so much. You've got Dave in tears. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 I just think that's just phenomenal. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. How'd your dad Hi, impact Kate. you? Hi there. Um, my father taught me two things, one very practical and one very personal. One of them was to shake hands and look someone in the eye as I'm mm-hmm. doing it. Yep. As a little girl, he used to take me to work every day. Not every day. Uh, on Saturdays. 
and I met many people. He supervised about 400, and that was one of the most important things, and he introduced me around to everyone. And the other one was very practical. He taught me how to read a map at six years old. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. That is awesome. (laughs) Yes. So much. There's just so much our dads do that... it's pretty extraordinary, really. I mean, all of us probably have a million tales of, of what we saw, right? By example. Yes. Yeah. I think. Learning you. how to read a map at six years old in Los wow. Angeles. Wow. City map. Well, that, My that, hat's off that's to you. An Thank you so much. I so appreciate your call. You're welcome. Uh, it's wonderful. I, I just know all of you have a story because, and, and how many stories, let me just ask you this, and when you're thinking about it, think back on all your memories. How much did you learn by watching by example? Just example. Mm-hmm. Just what they did. No words even exchanged. Just just watching them. Um, I'm going to venture to guess that probably the ones that had the most impact on you were that. Well, they say what? You watch the example of your, your dad. What is it? 70%, maybe it's higher, of all communication is nonverbal. Yes. Yes. I uh, I really uh, want to give a shout out to you for Father's Day and and you Dave and and all my co-hosts that are fathers and my husband my father and my father-in-law I mean I have so many wonderful men around me and um, and I can appreciate those that that haven't had that experience and hopefully they claim that experience when they're able to make choices in their life uh, with with spouses and and so forth but I just want all of you guys to know what an impact you have it's huge. It's huge and it can't be replaced. And uh, as much as uh, the society will, will say otherwise, there's no way in hell that can be replaced. <laughs> and it's so vital. And if we're going to have a nation of people that stand for this country, that comes from our dads. It doesn't even come from the president. It doesn't come from the legislators. Oh, goodness, it doesn't come from the legislators. It's, uh, you don't learn a thing from them. Um, who you're learning that from is your father. And uh, I, I just, I, I just want to commend you and, and thank you for what you do on a daily basis in the responsibility for your families and how much you think about it. When I switched roles with my husband, I put him through school for a few years. I couldn't believe how hard it was to have that on my shoulders. It was so hard, and I'm so grateful for that experience because it taught me a lot about the sacrifice that you guys make. You know, women will talk a lot about, you know, what we go through as moms, it's 24 hours and so forth, but you fathers are shouldering a responsibility that's pretty darn hard. So hats off to you. Oh, shit. Because it never ends. It's 24-7. So I, I I just love all you guys, really and truly. What a great impact you have on this world and your families. Happy Father's Day to you, Dave. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to all of you. Go celebrate, and uh, I think being with families is such an amazing thing. And be faithful, be fearless. Of course, see you back here on Monday, Talk Shop again. And I really appreciate you all tuning in and, and calling in. Thank you for that.